Well, let's have a uh, word of prayer and then we'll get into the message this morning. Father, I pray now as we get into the Word of God that Thy Holy Spirit would move in a very special and powerful way. I just pray that um, You'd speak to every heart. Lord, I, I can't speak to the heart. I can just preach Your Word and, and Lord, it's up to Thy Spirit to speak to, to the heart. So Lord, I pray that You would do that. Move hearts. Lord, if there's something that is awry in any Christian's life, I pray that it could be made right today. I pray if there's someone who does not know that they died today, that heaven's their home. I pray that today be the very day they come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, last week we really got into Isaiah chapter 53 and spent most of the morning on that. Uh, and just wanted you to see the sufferings of Jesus Christ for us on the cross. Yet there's one thing I didn't say last week that perhaps I should have said to you, and that is this. Jesus does not want you to feel sorry for him on the cross. Yes, it was painful, more painful than anybody, any of us could ever think. Bodily painful, it was extreme torture on a human body. It was designed to be extreme torture on a human body by man and what man could do. Yes, it was very painful. It was more harmful than just that bodily suffering, though, that he suffered there. I mean, a lot of us would feel sorry for what he's going through. But that wasn't the main suffering of the cross. See, they are making his soul, I mean, he is making his soul an offering for sin, as we read in Isaiah 53, in which the wrath of Almighty God is poured out totally on his human soul. No, there's no reprieve for that. All my sin, all your sin, even though none of us were alive at that time. But y'all knowing God, knowing that we would sin, even though we have a free will to do it or not do it, nobody made us sin. We sinned on our own free will. And yet, in all of that sin, God knew ahead of time. And Jesus took it on him. He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him and through him. Yes, here is the almighty God on the cross. And the human soul of Jesus Christ on that cross is suffering more than the physical suffering that he would suffer. And that physical suffering would be great, be terrible. Far greater, though, is that on his soul far greater because now it's the wrath of the Father pouring out His almighty wrath on the soul of Jesus Christ, covered with our sin. Only the heart of Jesus, only the heart of Jesus. That's why this John 17 is a prayer of Jesus, knowing all of these things ahead of time, knowing completely every bit what he's going to suffer, what is going to be the soul suffering. He knows he created man. He's part of the creation. 
the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit moving together in creating the heavens and the earth, creating man. He knew what was going to happen. And only the heart of Jesus who knew the fullness of that suffering. And yet he suffered more than any man or beast ever would. Isaiah 53 and verse 10 informed us the same thing I just said, that his soul is an offering for sin. An offering for sin. I can imagine people when they saw the lambs uh, being offered on the Day of Atonement or the Passover, and they'd have that lamb facing towards the audience, and the lamb would be facing the audience, and then they would cut that lamb. They would just... Uh, burn, his, burn that lamb's body. I mean, everything they did to that lamb, and first that lamb was facing them before they did it. Jesus is facing this crowd. But he's the lamb of God on a cross. No bone is broken, but his skin is broken. From that Roman cat of nine tells that he would receive earlier. In John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, it says this. Therefore, doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me. You know, that's hard to understand. No man taketh it from me. And yet it's an absolute truth. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. He says, I have power. That is, I have all authority. He says, I have the power. And I still cannot get used to that very thing that he has all power to do this very thing. And yet. He doesn't do it. And that is, he has the power to lay it down. But he has the power to take it up again. I don't understand that. Why he would do that when it's my sin upon him. Why would he do that when it's our sin upon him? Yes, he lays down his life for our sin. He had all authority to do so. But verse 18 said, I have power, I have all authority as the Son of God to take it again. This commandment, commandment, have I received of my Father in His humanity, His humanity, not speaking of His deity at the very moment, but in His humanity from God, His Father, he had the power to take his life up again. He would raise from the dead because he had that power. He had that authority. But the Bible also tells us first, after he dies, he goes down and preaches to the souls in prison. All of those in hell are being preached to. But he has the power to take it in. That spirit re-enters his body that body is all of a sudden out of the tomb. He resurrects. 
Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Yeah, he's risen and he lives. And he's coming again. And yet, he could have called 12 legions of angels. Again, as we told you last week, that's over 60, that's 72,000. And he could do that by the might of his deity and his omnipotence because even though he emptied himself of all of that in heaven, he was still part of the Trinity. He was still God in the flesh. And he still could have used that deity, that omnipotence, to destroy the people crucifying him and even destroy the very world. But he and, and the Father, in their counsels before the world were ever created, had already determined how it was going to happen. Yes, I think he should have called <laughs> if I was in his place and looking at what was happening to him, 12 legions of angels. But really, he was God in the flesh. He could have just come off that cross himself. He's the one that calmed the storms when they were storming. He's the one that raised people from the dead. He could have just come off that cross and all that bloody whip had done to him. There would be no blood to be healed immediately. He could have done that. But your soul was more important to him than suffering for yours and my sin. And so he died for us. His love-driven heart keeps him on the cross because he wants to save us from our sins. He wants to save us from the penalty of our sins. All we have to do is believing that he did this for us and he did do this for us. He did it for us. All we have to do is repent, believing the gospel that he did this for us and receive him as our Lord and Savior. Receive him into our heart Amen. as our Lord and Savior giving him our heart and life. This is why I said earlier that Jesus does not want us to feel sorry for him on the cross. Why? Because he was doing this out of love for us. He wanted to do it for us. Yes, he despised the shame. The Bible clearly tells us that. But he wasn't willing to come off that cross because he didn't want to lose your soul. But you and I, by free will that he never took from us, by free will, had the choice to receive him or reject him. That's right. and, and I'll just say this, that if I was in the part and I was sitting in this auditorium, and I heard somebody say that, and I wasn't sure if I died today that heaven be my home. I would make sure of that today. I'd say, please show me how to be saved. Why? Because I know that there are people out that road that are blind as I am. 
They just don't drive as good as I do. But no, really, I don't know the day of my death. I don't know the hour. I don't know the moment of my death. But I know that through Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter that I know that. It matters that I know him as my Lord and Savior. So he wants you to know that. He wants you to feel his love for you. Not to feel sorry for him, but he wants you to feel his love for you. And as a Christian, if that fact ever becomes a cold fact to me, I have failed that very Lord and Savior. If they can say that and somebody can talk about my Lord dying on the cross for my sin and it doesn't move my heart, I am one of the coldest hearted people in this world. For we all should recognize we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Do you realize that Greek phrase, coming short of the glory of God, is written in a tense that means continually come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, have you ever heard somebody say, I've seen some people go to that church, if they're saved, I'm saved. If they're going to heaven, I'm going to heaven. Uh, and isn't it interesting? Now, I know I've said this before, but it's interesting to me that people compare themselves to hypocrites. But we're not compared to hypocrites. We're compared to Jesus Christ. We've come short of the glory, Jesus Christ, the glory of God, the glory of His Son. We come short of the glory of God. And we deserved to be in that lake of fire forever and ever. Some people think their good works and their good ways will keep them from going to that lake of fire. They have been totally deceived by the devil. And he's laughing at them as long as they don't receive Christ. Instead of cringing at the bloody cruelty of the cross. Instead of just cringing at that. As bad as it was. Be awed. Be totally awed by the love. How can we not just stand in total awe? of Jesus Christ to give his soul, to give his life for our sin, for our soul that we might be saved. Oh, we need to be awed by that love. But hey, that awe should be just as much for the Father who gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave us Salvation. We didn't earn it. We don't earn it. He gave. We just had to receive the gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. No way that he really wanted to pour out his wrath on his son's sinless human soul. But the Father placed our sin on his son's human soul who took it upon him. No wonder he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
Because through everything he suffered on earth, there were either angels or others sent to minister to him. But there's no ministering to him. There's going to be nothing that will lessen the outpouring wrath of man and God at the cross that day. It'd be the most foolish thing for us to think that if something really bad happened in your life, losing a loved one, maybe something in your health, maybe something in another way, to lose that and think God doesn't love me. That's right. Oh, my friend, God loves us as much as some things would hurt. God's love will never stop. But you see, my sin is upon his son. And he pours out this almighty wrath that we can't make movies to describe it and to show it in its fullness. Why such wrath? Because God's attitude about sin did not change even when it was my sin placed upon his only begotten son who knew no sin. That's the love of God. That's the God we should serve. That's why every day get up and read God's word and pray. Don't miss church. Be in church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Be there. Revival meetings, mission conference meetings. Whenever the doors are open for the worship of God, be there. Because that will not be too much for what he's done for us. You know, I think of that, that the Father's attitude about our sin not changing. Just think of this verse in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13, where he says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. You know, if you don't hate evil, there's some kind of sin that's popular in this world today, and you say, it's not that bad. You don't hate evil. Sin, there's no good sin in God's sight. There's not any not so bad sin in God's sight. Adam and Eve took a bite out of a fruit on a tree. And the, the sentence was death. Oh no, their body didn't die that day. But their spirit would be forever separated from God unless he in his love did not provide a way for a savior. And he did. The seed of the woman, Jesus Christ, became the savior. Don't ever try to deny the love of God. He said, the fear of the Lord. People say, oh, I fear God. Okay, use this test. The Bible gets the test. It tells us what the fear of the Lord is. See if that's what your fear of the Lord is. To hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth, do I hate. God says he hates. As a matter of fact, if you go back, I think it's the fifth psalm that says he hates all workers of iniquity. Whoa. 
Just think of dying with the hatred of God, the almighty creator against you. That's why we ought to have as children of God, as his sons and daughters through receiving Christ as Savior. For as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. The word there includes the children of God is what it's talking about. As many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them, even to them that believe on his name. Now you think of that. There is no sin that God does not hate. There is no such thing as we said as a little sin, a white lie. God hates it. God calls for eternal punishment in the lake of fire. But his son is dying for us so that we don't have to face that. If we'll just simply receive him as our Lord and Savior. Oh, the fear of God. You know, I can get up here and I can, I can preach about the rock music hitting the churches around here and so forth and all that. It's sin, but you know what? There'll be people who get mad at me and leave the church. I can preach against alcohol, social drinking. There'll be people who get mad and leave. I can talk about other sins that people say, oh, they're not that bad, there's nothing wrong with that. They'll get up and walk out and say, I'm not going back to that church. And they'll stand one day at the judgment seat of Christ and they'll re look over there and all of a sudden they'll see their reward being given to someone else. You say, well, how can you say that? There's a parable that Jesus told. You think Jesus tells lies? Jesus told a parable. Remember about the pounds? Each one out and they gave my, my five, gained ten, you know, and so forth, and, and, and five more, and it came, comes ten. And, uh, you know, they just, one increased, increased, but this one guy just hid his. He didn't throw it away, but he just hid it. He didn't do anything with what he was given. God said, Take away from him the one and give to him that hath the ten. He was trying to tell us that in heaven, you're going to see the loss of reward. There's loss of reward. And when we see what Christ did on the cross for us, just seeing these things that we spoke about last Sunday, just this little bit I've given here today, just to think about that. I asked you, What do you think God thinks if we won't be a witness for Him? Some will not give out a gospel tract and say, hey, would you read this? This is what changed my life. And if it's a right gospel tract that has the plan of salvation rightly in it, then my friend, that's what changed your life because the plan of salvation is in the Word of God and we send out things and and here's, here's the one that we have here, uh, God's simple plan of salvation. You know, it's got my name, and I, I've told preachers this I'm on some boards and things like that, and everywhere I go, I say, look, I'll meet preachers, say, say it says God's plan of salvation. It's not mine. It's not Andy Bloom's. It has my name at the bottom because I put down the words that God gives. So there's a QR code in the back. I'm thank, thankful Brother Joe. He's the one that came up with the idea. He says, well, why don't we had already recorded it. We had it on CDs. He says, why not put it on the back of that and have a QR code? 
So we did, and then we got that. But what I'm saying is, I tell other preachers, write this. The only thing I would do is I would re-record it. You can do it word for word. Get a QR code with your voice on it and put your name down there instead of Andy Bloom, that it's your name. Because people, for an example, they're living up in uh, North Carolina. They're, they're living up in Michigan or they're living out west in California, where they're living. It'd be good for them to hear the preacher that's in their area hear it. And so that way they see it's from another church. They see it's from that church. They can go and hear that preacher because they may have gotten saved through that track. God does that, not me. God does it. So God has a way. He wants souls to get saved. And don't you know that if, if people just use my voice on there as, as it is, you know what would happen? They go to church and then uh, the pastor would be preaching up there and there's something they didn't understand. They haven't grown to that point yet and they don't like it. They're saying, huh. I wish he was that guy that was on the recording. Then if they came here, they said, that guy's worse than the guy back home. So I'm, I'm just saying, it's Jesus Christ that works through his word. It's his Holy Spirit that works through his word. And it was on the cross. He was doing it. Do you realize that he on earth had the spirit without measure in a human body? The Lord poured out his Holy Spirit upon him without measure, the Bible tells us. Jesus is not only our Savior, He is our example. All oh, that painful wrath poured upon Him. The Father, what a pain that must have been to pour it out on His Son. To put off salvation, knowing that there is truly eternal hell. You may not believe that, but there is an eternal hell. And knowing that truly, that it was prepared for the devil and his angels, God didn't want it for you. That's why Jesus died for us. Satan brought sin into the world. People, simply do not repent of sin Because they're too ignorant, too faithless to believe the fact of sin and to believe the fact that Jesus Christ was murdered in one of the most vicious, bloody ways that a person could be murdered. And then not only that, there were men in that day that that went through that kind of a suffering physically that Jesus had. But none of them went through the suffering of the outpoured wrath upon his human soul. You're not sure you died today, my friend. And you've sat in this auditorium and you've heard this message this morning. Maybe you're out on live stream. Maybe you're on our radio station. Get saved today. As a matter of fact, probably about, I think it's right, right around 1215, that the plan of salvation, it's in this booklet that I just showed you, goes out on Sunday morning, and then sometime around 745, I think is, anyway, it's on Sunday evening, it goes out again. 
It goes out every day after the Ranger Bill uh, program. The gospel's there. You just got to receive it. You just got to receive it. You got to give your heart and life to Him. Amen. If you're in this auditorium today, don't play Russian roulette with your soul. Give your heart to Him. Let's bow our heads, please. Father, in a moment, we're going to be singing hymn 276, Lord, and Jesus paid it all, and he certainly did, more than we could ever know. But Father, I pray now that as we are now going to look at this, op this invitation, it's an opportunity, Lord, for saved people to say, you know what? I want to rededicate my heart and life to God just to get things right with Him. I failed one who loved me this much. Perhaps it's for somebody that's just not sure that if they died today that heaven's their home, that they'd come. But Lord, I just pray that whichever it is for a Christian to rededicate, for a lost soul to get saved, they'd just come to right where I'm standing right now and tell me, I want to be saved or I want to rededicate my life. And Lord, that we can get them with people that will just be a special blessing and help. Lord, do it in this invitation, I pray. I know it's you has to do it in their heart, not me. I pray that you would. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.